0: Call the show at 702-364-1100. Now, it's the Midday Show on ESPN 1100,
1: 100.9 FM. It's a weapons race in the NBA, and, and you're either in the weapons race or on the sidelines. And, you know, we felt like this is, with James Harden in his prime and Chris Paul in his prime, you know, this gives us a real shot to to chase, uh, you know, the juggernaut teams that are out there and puts us right there with them.
2: Daryl Morey, general manager of the Houston Rockets, of course, the big story this week in the NBA, the deal that sends Chris Paul to Houston from the Los Angeles Clippers. A lot of questions now as far as where the Clippers stand in the hierarchy of the Western Conference. This is a team that's been a contender throughout the past uh, almost a decade. In the, in the West, and now it's uh, a lot is in question whether or not uh, Blake Griffin will still be there with them also. So uh, a lot of questions when it comes to the Los Angeles Clippers down in Southern California. It's the Midday Show coming your way live here, ESPN Radio 1100, 100.9 FM. I'm Chris Wynn, in for Ed Grady. Mike Pritchard on his way at one. We've got Clay Baker in studio, Graham Gondian, and also she's the host of a uh, 60-Minute Overtime, outstanding podcast that uh, covers everything tri-state area. It comes I'm to New folks. York. Big-time, big-time Giants, big-time Jets, Yankees, can't go wrong. She's sporting the gear today in studio. She's got the Mickey Mantle, New York Yankees. got the pinstripe T-shirt. Going, Danielle McCartan, join us in the studio.
3: Danielle, what's going on? Oh my God, this has been awesome. Thank you for having me, and just ready to talk some sports here.
2: Oh yeah, what do you got? Look, it's it's Vegas, right? We've got the NHL on display here. You got one of the premier arenas in the world with the T-Mobile Arena opening up here. You got a brand new state-of-the-art, fantastic stadium on the way, uh, which will house one of the most recognizable franchises in sports, along with UNO f- football and an endless array of other big-time events, whether it be MMA events or you know a number of others. The uh, Super
3: Bowl. Yeah.
2: And as excited as we are here in Las Vegas, Danielle, to see, uh, you know, what's going on as far as the sports landscape really changing. I mean, there's no other era, in my opinion. Look, I've been here for almost 13 years here in Las Vegas. Uh, Moved here from other spots around the country, whether it be Orlando, Florida, or Boston, Massachusetts, where, you know, obviously rabid sports fan bases. But uh, things are really about to change here in, in Las Vegas, and uh, it's interesting to get perspective for someone like you who is in the tri-state, who is in, you know, the tri- New Jersey, New York area, uh, which is obviously significantly important here in Vegas because, look, when I, fir- when I first moved here, we were actually carrying New York Yankee baseball games on the air, on the weekends. We would have Yankee baseball here. So without question, there's a huge number of transplants here in New York City or here from, from the New York area. That uh, that are are big time sports fans and are huge, and so it's cool to get a perspective for someone like you, uh, who actually lives in the area, as to what they think about Las Vegas and uh, you know the influx of both the NFL and the NHL. So
3: I just think that it's sort of like a wait and see sort of thing. I think mm-hmm. people are like cautiously optimistic. I mean, it doesn't affect us directly, obviously. Right. So um, by having the NHL come out here, by having the NFL come out here. I think people are already trying to plan their their when their team is coming. I know a couple there were a couple of giants articles written like when are the Giants playing the Raiders? Oh, not until 2022. So, people are a little upset about that, but I just think that to to expand out here and to to be able to come out here and just spend the weekend and watch your team on Sunday and then go home and go back to work on Monday, I think that's like really the ultimate. And I and I know that the formula that they they factored in for The hotel tax and whatever was based on like 3.4 days average stay. And fly in on Friday, leave on Sunday. And I think people are very excited about that. I mean, that's almost what I'm doing this weekend.
2: Well, the big thing about it, especially with the NFL, regarding the Raiders, is that there's this thought out there that it it was never going to happen, right? I mean, look, we talked about it all at length, Clay and I and and Pritch and and a bunch of us. Like, you imagine this even a year ago or two years ago. You said to them, hey, the Oakland Raiders and they're they're looking for a new home. It's not going to be San Antonio. It's not going to be back down to L.A. They're not going anywhere else. They're coming to Vegas, all right. And it's 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 going to happen. You'd be laughed out of the room. No
3: way. People would think, I always believe. People it. would
2: look at you and say, "No, way. you are out of your mind." Mm-hmm. There's no way that the NFL as an entity would allow a franchise, any franchise. Like you can name any of them, Jacksonville. You know, any of the other not not even big name franchises to come here, let, let alone the Oakland Raiders, and now it's, it's becoming a reality, and uh, it's, it's absolutely extraordinary. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, 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 I interviewed Phil Sims not long ago, and, and I, asked him about, I asked him this question, and he said that he's always an optimist, and he's, he's hoping it's going to make it out here, and you know, I think so too. It, I think it's going to work. I think there's a lot of football fans out here. I think people are more excited out here, what I've gathered, about the hockey than the football. Right. Um, I have, like, two friends out here, and they can't wait. They, she, last night she was like, oh, you have to get to the T-Mobile arena and check out all the stuff that's going on over there. And I could see that from my hotel room. But I just think that um, being caut- cautiously optimistic, I think the Raiders are going to be a huge hit here. I was talking to my Uber driver okay. on the way here, and he was like, oh, I am so excited. He said, oh, I forget where he was from, but he was." He said, oh, he's, he was a Dallas Cowboys fan. And he goes, oh, you better believe I'm going to be checking out some Raiders games you know, when they finally come here. So I think that's the attitude, I think, as an outsider looking in. That's what people are like. I don't know. Is that what is that true for everybody here? That they're going to be going to a game or two of the Raiders and hopefully adopting them? Because, like you said, everybody's a transplant here from wherever.
2: I don't think there's any question that they're really going to be going to multiple games, and yeah. uh, the excitement is palpable here. But Graham, you're from across the pond. You think about look. Yeah, we have an obviously a huge influx of uh, people from Britain and from uh, from other places in Europe. That uh, come to Las Vegas. The thought that uh, they're going to actually have professional sports here. Look, I talk I talk about it all the time. We have, we have, we always have the best singers. We always have the best comedians, entertainers, whatever that come to Vegas. They either have a residency or they have a short stay where they actually come here, and people will flock to this town to get a chance to see them. I think you know when they do open the stadium, not only you know with the Raiders in the NFL, and with obviously with with uh, with UNLV football, and uh, you know, and obviously the T Mobile with with. What uh, the Golden Knights are doing there, they're gonna also have a uh, uh, big time soccer matches. Well,
1: I, I think slash
2: football matches. If you they know, it's
1: an L- MLS team here,
2: right? Because you got so many expat
1: Brits and Europeans and all Latin Americans. Every everyone loves soccer. Yeah, because I was talking to a dude. A dude said to me, it was like, fifty million people watched the Super Bowl. Four and a half billion people watched the draw for the World Cup. That's crazy. Yeah, see, because it's a y- it's y- a world game, you know. And I'd, I'd go if there was. A, we went to see the Galaxy playing. Um, San Jose. and right. it was packed. Yeah, you know it was it was freezing
2: cold. It was raining, and it was packed. And with the Latin community here as well as well, as, it well, it as was, well as the well, European the ex- community, Pats, yeah. you're going to get going, that to get interest, field, yeah. right? If, if you do if they do end up putting an MLL yeah. soccer team here, I I uh, moved from uh, I moved to Las Vegas from Orlando, Florida, and uh, that's been a huge thing there. Is the Orlando FC uh, the soccer team down there has got a ton of support, and uh, it was it, back when I lived there. No, no one could no one had a, had a care in the world when it came to the MLS or soccer as and you know, it just for some reason it was nothing nothing that ever caught on but for some reason in in, in recent years it's a big thing down there so, so I would many, expect the same thing here in Las Vegas how many
1: home games are there in a, eight home games in a
2: Yeah, well, with the with with the with the Raiders, there'll be there'll be two home preseason games, and then they have eight regular season games, so So ten games total. So that stadium is going to be empty for quite a bit. So why not? Well, you you know what's going to happen? It's not just going to be about the Raiders. It'll be about, of course, UNLV football, which, by the way, is uh, is is a huge thing for us here in town because it's it's an absolute massive upgrade from uh, the stadium situation right now, and in a good way. So it's going to be very fun and uh, fascinating to see how this all shakes out as far as pro sports and the interest here in Las Vegas and, and uh, how, what direction we actually go with it. It's the Midday Show coming your way live on a Friday. I'm Chris Wynn in for Ed Graney. Uh, Daniel McCartan live in studio along with Graham Gonian. Much more on the way with uh, Danielle. I want to hit some more sports from the New York side after this.
4: Watch out for the injury crash on the surface streets at Sahara at Decatur, as well as by UMZ Hospital, Charleston at Shadow Lane, and on Charleston at Rancho.
5: This summer, get in the game and earn cash for betting sports with William Hill on your phone or tablet. During William Hill Summer Rewards, earn up to $100 cash with the mobile sports app. Between now and August 5th, you'll be eligible for cashback points with every wager made win or lose on the mobile sports app. You will also earn bonus cash back for teasers and parlay card wagers made on the app. To enroll in Summer Rewards, visit WilliamHill.us. That's WilliamHill.us. William Hill, the home of betting.
0: Sure, summer's here, but don't sweat it. At Chapman Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, you've got it made in the shade. This week, we make it easy to beat the heat in a nicer new car. Hot credit? Don't sweat it. Want a low payment? Don't sweat it. Owe too much on your trade? Don't sweat it. We'll even give you up to four grand over Blue Book for it based on the car you choose. Now that's cool. If driving your old ride has got you hot and bothered, you don't want to sweat it any longer. Come chill at Chapman Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ramp and drive home in a cooler new car. And Chapman still offers 0% financing for 72 months. Think about it. That's free money for six years. So come on in and beat the heat. Drive and discover event. All this week at the Chapman Dealership nearest you. Visit Chapman Las Vegas for more information.
4: OAC on selected models rebates to dealer. Offers may not be combined. Dealer's 307 at
2: 1293. Okay, I got it. Hey Las Vegas, after nearly 20 years, Dollar Loan Center is turning it up a notch. Loan Everybody knows we're the best spot in town when you need a quick and easy signature loan. But what if you need more money? We are excited to announce we're now offering signature loans up to $5,000. That's right, you can get up to $5,000 at Dollar Loan Center. We've also loosened our lending limits to make it easier for you to get funded quickly. We charge less than half of most payday loan companies and always guarantee to beat the rate of our competitors. 300, 2000 5000 Whatever you need, we have you covered. We can normally get you in and out in less than 30 minutes. Stop by one of our 31 area locations, check us out online at... BeBroke.com or call 364-LOAN
5: today. Signature loans up to $5,000. Licensed by the Bata Financial Institutions Division. Customer must meet the normal loan qualifications. To review loan qualifications, visit us at don'tbebroke.com. Certain limitations may apply. Loans are subject to approval. Vegas. The future of gaming is here. The innovators at Gambler's Bonus present Power Vision. Cutting edge technology and lucrative payouts used into one. Gambler's Bonus members. Try Power Vision for free. Visit gambler'sbonus.com for details. Power Vision. Feel the power. Steve Cofield here, and I have Dustin DeHart with Nova Home Loans. Dustin, I know the mortgage process can be very time consuming and frustrating for people.
4: Steve, yes, it can be, but we have simplified the process and with a few clicks of a button with our new fast track approval process, I can have you fully approved within just a few minutes so you can start shopping for a home today. You can work with a nationally ranked and Las Vegas's top loan originating team right now by calling 702-577-2600. That's 577-2600. NMLS 25011. Branch NMLS 777-362.
0: Yes, air conditioning and plumbing. Keeping you cool in the summer, warm in the winter, and available anytime your plumbing won't go with the flow. Schedule your air conditioning or plumbing checkup. 888-4937. 888-4937. Go to theyesmancan.com. License
2: 7233 and 71246. On the wrong side of the law, call 8-Ball Bell Burns. If you ain't did nothing wrong, 8-Ball Bell Burns. On the wrong side of the law, call 8-Ball Bell Burns. 7 0 don't
4: be in the county tripping and don't let the cops catch you slipping call A Ball Bell Bonds 702 888 1114 South Main Street Las Vegas, Nevada, baby
0: Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more When you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99 This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 800-925-5048 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 800-925-5048 to take your call now. Call 800-925-5048 that's 800 Again, 800
5: Are you ready to rock? Celebrate the 4th of July weekend with rock icon Ann Wilson of Heart as she performs a free concert downtown on Monday July 3rd at 9pm at Fremont Street Experience as part of their new free summer concert series, Downtown Rocks. Help turn the volume up one louder as Ann Wilson of Heart plays legendary hits.
0: And
5: and more in fabulous downtown Las Vegas. Monday, July 3rd at 9pm. For more information, visit VegasExperience.com. Where downtown Rocks. Years ago, when Lotus Broadcasting hired a cleaning crew, we chose ATM Commercial Residential and Construction Cleaning, which is a division of Annie the Maid. We chose Annie the Maid because of their awesome reputation. Andy the Maid has been cleaning anything and everything in Las Vegas since 1979. Carpet cleaning, trash removal, pressure washing, final detail construction cleaning. No job is too big or too small. Andy the Maid does it all. We love Andy the Maid's great service, and I know you will, too. They're online at AnnieTheMaid.com or call 739-8888. Hey Vegas, the Cedar City Head Tourism Bureau invites you to the Cedar City Rotary Clubs and Griffles 20th Annual July Jamboree on Saturday, July 8th on Cedar City's historic downtown Main Street. This is their largest one-day festival featuring live bands, vendors of all kinds, great food, a beer garden, and cool classic cars. The festival begins at 3 on Saturday with live music until 9. A fun-filled, family-friendly event for everyone. For car and vendor information, visit julyjamboree.com.
0: Yes, air conditioning and plumbing. Keeping you cool in the summer, warm in the winter, and available anytime your plumbing won't go with the flow. Schedule your air conditioning or plumbing checkup. 888-4937. 888-4937. Go to the yesmancan.com. License 7233 and 71246. It's the Midday Show on ESPN Las Vegas. <laughs>
2: 11.49 in the Las Vegas Valley. The Midday Show coming your way live. ESPN Radio 1100, 100.9 FM from the Findlay Toyota Studios. I'm Chris went in for Ed Grady. Clay Baker in studio. Mike Pritchard on the way at 1 o'clock. Also, Daniel McCartin in studio. You can find her at Coach McCartan on Twitter. Outstanding host of the 60-Minute OT Podcast. You can find it at prosportsrundown.com. She is wired in when it comes to Tri-State area. Northern New Jersey, girl. <laughs> and uh, I was talking to her off-air. I had some friends, of course, uh, from that uh, neck of the woods. Actually, exactly uh, Wayne, New Jersey.
3: Yeah, not far. Just out
2: there. Not far from the city.
3: Yeah, just not out at the, all. 45 minutes.
2: Made, made a couple runs down there uh, in my college days. Uh, we uh, we hit some spots in uh, Hoboken, just across the uh, water.
3: Hoboken's from, uh, where it's at.
2: From the big town.
3: Nothing like so. this, though.
2: Uh, when you think about New York, though, Daniel, uh, the Knicks, they're clearly down right now. Uh, the hammer drops on Phil Jackson. He's out the door. Uh, you get the feeling that this is a rudderless ship that uh, could go in any direction when you're talking about the New York Knicks. Uh, even some of the most seasoned uh, NBA experts have no idea uh, where this organization goes and uh, what its future is. Uh, but saying that, uh, my question to you is this. You think about uh, the teams in New York, right? Uh, all, the, all the teams, whether it be the Yankees, Giants, Rangers, you get the, the, the Nets now in Brooklyn, of course, uh, the Mets, Islanders, Jets, and the Knicks. Who's the top dog? Is say, all, thi- all things considered, right, all things even. When it comes to coverage, uh, who's the team that people care about in New York, that people talk about?
3: It depends if they're really good or really bad. Right now, right. the big talk in New York is how bad the Mets are and how good they were supposed to be and mm-hmm. how terrible they are now. Um, I think, though, when the Knicks are good and when they, when the Knicks are on, they everybody wants to talk about the Knicks. Yeah. And even when they're really bad and, and the mess that's going on, I put a poll up on Twitter the other night, well, who's the bigger mess, the Knicks or the Jets? <laughs> and the Knicks won, and I'm right. surprised, actually. And like you said, that's a great um, analogy. You made there: rudderless ship <laughs> because you're right. It, you, it can go any which way. They're talking about buying out Carmelo Anthony's. They're going to pay him whatever it is, $45 million, just to leave New York and get nothing in return, which is, like, ridiculous. Right. Even though he's, he's a selfish player or whatever, whatever. But to get nothing in return for him. And then they're talking about Kristaps Porzingis. He misses a meeting. They're, they're going to ship him on his way. He's, what, 23 years old? He's the guy you should be building the franchise around. And then there, of course, that thing with Charles Oakley that happened—the big fight uh, on the court. So uh, the Knicks are a mess, um, and like you said, no one really knows what's going to be going on with them, and who's staying, who's going, and who knows.
2: And the reason I ask you this is because I had a chance to listen in on our sister station uh, the other day, and they had a lot of callers in from New York. Uh, it was the na- it was the national show, of course. Uh, Colin Cowherd over in our sister station on Fox. And there are a lot of New Yorkers b- pointing that out. That the Knicks were the team. Like e- all things considered, you know, when 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 the teams are up or if they're horrible, like you mentioned, and the people want to talk about the Knicks, they want to believe the the, the the Knicks are the top dog. Yeah. And to me, that was surprising. Thinking myself, I mean, look, I grew up a, a big baseball fan, so I, I kind of you know, geared towards the diamond a lot. And I think of the New York Yankees as like the premier franchise. On the globe, yeah, you right. know, and I think uh, mm-hmm. when when stuff's going down, uh, you know, in the Bronx with 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 the uh, with the guys in the pinstripes, I think I, it would seem to me that New York would care about that the most, and that that would be the talk of the town. And I was uh, a little bit of taken aback, uh, given especially the recent history, and uh, you know, you're re- relatively young, so you're you're you are you you were not really around to to pay attention to the whole, you know, New York Knicks, even back in the mid nineties, you know, when they had those teams that were uh, that were outstanding that were going to N- the NBA finals my not winning but they were going you my, know
3: my first Knicks jersey was a, a Patrick Ewing jersey that's awesome and I, it's little it's small we saw him in Best Buy in Paramus one time
2: I would have you pegged for like a Chris Childs fan though or something you know no I, mean, I like Patrick was, Ewing you were a Patrick Ewing guy? Yeah. yeah I
3: liked him yeah Dude,
2: so, what was Patrick doing in Best Buy
3: he was buying a laptop for his daughter. I guess she was going to college or something. He was as tall <laughs> as like you know when they have the extra yes. laptops on top. That's how tall he was.
4: Th- that's uh, yeah. three tiers above yeah. all that. It, I, it that huge. would be hard to like hide in a Best Buy because there's going to be everyone around him, and you're surrounded by technology and pictures yeah. and cameras. Like everyone, did he have a hard time getting out of there?
3: No, honestly, he, my we walked past him. My dad shook his hand, and then that was it. Everybody left him alone. It's not. It's New York. It's like people don't do that. It's like, yeah. you see somebody, you just hey, how you doing? Or you give them the New York nod and Yo. you're on your way. Yeah. That's it.
4: Because everyone's yeah. got a weapon, right? <laughs> everyone, everyone's in the
2: steam. If you ask, uh, if you ask uh, Stefan, uh, uh, Sebastian Telfair, I guess everyone does have a weapon, right? Well, or, cool. or, you have a, or you have a trunk load of weapons. But see, so.
4: see you <laughs> still have early memories of Patrick being yeah. a legend and just being at Best Buy. That was like sacred, right?
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We saw uh, Vince Carter at the Outback too once. Just sitting there. With his friends,
4: man. Yeah. Oh, always
3: hey, cool. Always oh, cool to see this.
4: The, I love Vince Carter too. I would have the been the star athletes out and about among the, among the regular people hanging out. I know the little people at the Outback. Yes. Well, yeah. they got good. You know, they got
2: good everything at the Outback. Even he likes the Outback.
3: Bloom an Onion. <laughs> That's where it's at. <laughs> no, I can I as a bartender
2: and a waiter back in the day in Orlando. I can tell you some numerous stories. Uh, athletes hanging out, regularly. It's cool. It's cool stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Shaquille O'Neal in his undercover role with the Miami PD. Imagine yeah. that.
4: <laughs> Could you imagine just being undercover and you're almost seven foot, three hundred
2: pounds? Like no one's gonna no notice. one's gonna
1: notice. No, nope.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. Can you imagine being out and about and getting into something uh, not so not so savory and uh, and having Shaquille O'Neal being the one that arrests you? Oh, absolutely. You know, Shaq. I, I think he's a he's he's deputized either in Florida or California. Miami. You, know, you understand that Shaquille yeah. O'Neal? That's like his his post career. Uh, one of his ambitions sure. was to work in law enforcement. I'm not really sure exactly what he's doing as far as law enforcement now. Team up with Steven Seagal. Sure. Uh, Seagal, uh, Seagal was doing that down in New Orleans, right? He had TV, a, did, Graham, did he have a TV show or something. He's where a he police was, chief. Yeah. Yeah. In, in like, a rough area, too, in, like, some parish down in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, he's pretty tough, though. Where it's, yeah, I don't think anybody's messing with (laughs) Steven Seagal. But back to your point, though, Danielle, when (laughs) the Knicks are good, that is the most important story
4: of the year. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. they live and die with the Knicks. They always thought it was because you got to go through the harsh winters in New York. You're just like, the Knicks get you through it, you know?
3: I mean, they play in the most famous arena in the world, Madison Square Garden. And whether or not they're good or not, it sells out. Because people want to go see basketball in New York, in that arena. And when they're bad,
2: we talk about them too. Oh, and it's yeah. not just in New York. And of course, everything went down. Phil Jackson out the door, an experiment gone wrong. Look, I think, and there's been a lot of talk about Phil Phil Jackson's legacy. Right, unbelievable head coach in the NBA, arguably the greatest head coach in uh, in basketball history. Uh, I'm sure people, you know, that are John Wooden fans and other uh, and fans of other coaches would have an issue with that. But uh, now he's out. There, you know, there was this this kind of rumbling about uh, John Calipari, maybe. He was just uh, at hanging out position. the
3: Jersey Shore, so I wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe.
2: Right, look, he was a head coach with the New Jersey Nets back in the day yeah. uh, when they were playing the Meadowlands. Uh, he's got a connection there. He was obviously when when I was in college, he was at UMass and where he started to make his bones as a head coach. Uh, but you know. I don't really know He's put cold water on that Basically said that's not uh, something that Has been presented to him By the New York Knicks You've got the recent history of course with New York I I talked about, we talked about Patrick Ewing In those days back in the mid-90s But it's really been a mediocre type setting with the Knicks since then, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you've had some teams that have been decent with Allen Houston and some other players. They've, they've made playoff runs where they've, they've been in you know some intriguing battles, whether it be with the Toronto Raptors in the playoffs and some others. But they haven't really been a team that uh, you focus on if you're an NBA fan. So that's the question. I mean, where what where do you think this goes? I mean, do you think they finally find somebody that is seasoned and knows what's going on in the NBA that can run that team and, and find a way because we say it all the time. The NBA is better when the Knicks are are relevant, right? We say it all the time. Major League Baseball so much better when the Yankees are relevant. So I think if the the only way they can find a, find some way to get back there is they have to find somebody some some executive somebody that uh, that's wired in in the NBA that can that can find a way to get them back to the to uh, to relevancy in the league.
3: My advice to the Knicks would be don't pick the the showy pick. I know you're in, in Manhattan, in the middle of Manhattan. Don't go for the stardom. You have to find somebody that's that, like you said, is embedded in the league, knows what they're doing, and and can build from the ground up. Build around Kristaps Porzingis and put people around him to make him better. This Joaquim Noah, I mean Joaquim Noah, whatever, yeah. how you say his first name, he – I mean, that was a disaster. It was a, I think a forty-five million dollar contract, and the guy is always hurt. Derrick Rose, get him out of here. Carmelo Anthony, get him out of here. But get something for him, and and you have to put somebody in there that's going to adapt to the players too. Because they were pl- running this triangle offense for? What reason? The triangle offense didn't even fit the players that you know. that's that's like running a spread offense in football. We don't have the the players needed or or with the ability to play a spread offense. So you have to have somebody that's going to be able to adapt to the talent that you have. And and be smart about it, and and build around your star, who is Kristaps Porzingis.
2: So the Knicks, uh, they're gonna just try to build. They have to do that. Kristaps Porzingis, I, I I think it's absolutely ludicrous to kind of think about jettisoning him out of the out of the deal. I think there's that would uh, be a
3: disaster. That yeah, was, that
2: would just be absolutely no. horrendous. So. People Much freaked. more coming on the way. we got the lunch hour coming up here on the Midday Show. ESPN Radio 1100, 100.9 FM. Daniel McCartney in studio. Greg Gonian as well. Clay Baker also taking care of business on the other side of the break. We're talk Major League Baseball. Little Yankees, little Mets, and uh, some of the big stories as we continue on a Friday. Stick with us.
0: Show at 702 364 1100. Now it's the midday show on ESPN 1100 100.9 FM.
2: Hanging on a Friday, ESPN Radio 1100 100.9 FM. The midday show coming to way live. Finley, Toyota Studios, Chris Wynn, Clay Baker, Graham Gonian, Danielle McCartan live in studio. 60-minute OT podcast. Catch it. prosportsrundown.com. New Jersey's own. We've been talking a lot of tri-state area sports. Of course, the big story in the NBA. One of the the big stories in the NBA in the past week is Phil Jackson no longer the head of basketball operations with and present with the New York Knicks. Uh, So much has gone on with that organization in the past uh, almost decade with James Dolan at the helm there. Uh, That is questionable to say the least. and uh, It's going to be interesting, to say, to say the least, to see what goes down as far as the Knicks are concerned and what direction they do go. But let's jump over to the Diamond, and uh, an, another tremendous story coming out of the Bronx, of course, is the New York Yankees, and uh, that uh, is a race that is going to be fun to watch all the way up through... September and early October as the uh, Yankees and Red Sox uh, continue to battle at the top of the American League East. And uh, uh, it's a Yankee team. Uh, let's be honest. It hasn't been since, what, 2008, 2009 that we've been talking about the Yankees as a viable World Series contender. That is the case this year, Danielle. And uh, one of the uh, linchpins is is a young player, an Aaron Judge. And not since uh, uh, the mid-'90s, of course, when Derek Jeter was, was came onto the scene with the Yankees, have they had a, a such electrifying type of player, someone who's kind of uh, spearheaded the organization and uh, and kind of helped br- bring back a rise of prominence to uh, Major League Baseball that Aaron Judge has had? What has been the uh, impact with him there in New York, and uh, how has the reception been as far as like the fans there with the uh, with the the young star of the New York Yankees?
3: People love. Aaron Judge. Yeah. You should look around and see all the 99 jerseys that are that are just around our area. It's incredible. Um, I, I'm looking at right now. He's leading the AL, not just the Yankees. He, you know, this is for, for the MLB. He's good for the MLB. He's leading the AL in batting average. He's leading the AL in home runs. Actually, the MLB in home runs. Uh, he's leading the almost he, he's leading the AL in runs batted in, almost he's second place in the the MLB. This guy is the real deal. And I was on with somebody out here, and they asked uh, about, you know, is Aaron Judge the real deal before the season start? Of course he is. The guy is, like, eight feet tall. Um, what has been the reception from him? People love him. I don't know if you've seen. They have a stadium, a section in the stadium now called the Judge's Chambers. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they what they do is, and I, I researched how they, like, pick the people that sit in. Because you can't buy a ticket to the Judge's Chambers. It's probably going to be a waiting list. So what they do is they go around the stadium and they pick out like the judge, like who's wearing the best judge costume or whatever, right? Whatever. They pick out judges fans and they give you like the gavel and, and the, the gown and stuff. And you sit in the judges chambers. And at first people were like, Oh, I don't know if we want to do that because that's going to, you know, put a little extra pressure on him. Listen, you're playing in New York in a Yankee uniform. The pressure, the, the, there can't be much more pressure added to you. So I think it's a fun thing. And now there's talk about people wanting him to go play in, in the, the Home Run Derby. I don't want that. I'll tell you why. Because sometimes when guys go and play in the Home Run Derby, they alter their swing, they alter their approach, and then they come back and they're not the same. So I, for me, I would want him to stay out of the All-Star Weekend festivities in terms of the Home Run Derby.
2: Look, when young stars in, in a lot of sports come, come into uh, their own as far as, uh, you know, actually begin their – Careers, we have a lot of fun with the anonymity of it, like how they're anonymous they are, right? We did it with Chris Bryant when he was in Chicago. Remember, I don't know if you guys saw that, uh, that uh, Uber uh, when he was an Uber driver segment. And he's driving around these Chicago Cubs fans, you know, around the Windy City, and it's Chris Bryant driving them, and they have no idea who he is. And the guys, you know, he's a Major League Baseball All Star. Granted, he's he'd only been there for a year, but still, you figure they're Cubs fans, they would know what the guy looks like. Had no idea who he was, and they did the same thing with Aaron Judge. They had a segment. Yeah. I don't remember what show it was, <laughs> but he was basically, uh, he was, he was. It, they made it look like he was the host of yeah. uh, some type of show. Yeah. Had him on a on. Desk in in some park in New York City, Brian Park. Yeah, and they they yeah. they were rolling up Yankee fans yeah. and New York sports fans that for him to like interview or talk to them, uh, you know, about uh, I don't know about if it was himself, about, about himself. Yeah, and about, yeah. He's like, what do you and, think and, about and this These guy? fans are like, these fans are like, this. I, I really like this rookie, Aaron Judge. He, yeah. he brings a lot to the table. He's <laughs> gonna be a, he's gonna be a big star. And they're looking right at the guy and they have no idea that that's that's who they're talking to. So I mean, it's... The, obviously, those days are dead and gone, right? When it comes to Aaron Judge, we're not going. You're not going to have New York fans much like in Chicago. Now, you, you're not going. Chris Bryant can't go to a restaurant or bar anywhere in town without being instantly recognized. That's pretty much the case with Aaron Judge in New York, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah. on that show, I, it's funny that you mentioned that <laughs> because they they had. Oh, they were talking about his, this the gap in his teeth. He's right. got a gap between his two front teeth. And uh, he, he, one of the questions he asked the people was, like, who has the most famous gap in New York City, Aaron Judge or Michael Strahan? And everybody was like, oh, Michael Strahan does. And he's like, oh, really? Interesting. And you're, you're talking to Aaron Judge. And then yeah. we took the, he even took his glasses off and his hat off, and he was like, hi, I'm Aaron Judge. People were like, still like, really? But there's been some videos of him playing um, catch with some of the fans in the outfield prior to the mm-hmm. game. I think that's cool. I think that, uh, especially in New York, they get to, like, this superstardom level, and they are they become untouchable in a way. Uh, you know, pregame, they don't sign autographs. You know, I don't know what it's like anywhere else because I really haven't experienced it anywhere yeah. else, but I just hope Aaron Judge continues to be that every man, you know, playing catch with a kid in the outfield. Kids kid's going to remember that for the rest of his life, signing autographs before the game, and, and I hope he never loses that, and I hope he doesn't ever become the superstar superstar, the untouchable. And
2: what's great about impact players like that for an organization, and it draws even more. And now we're having talk, of course, about what Bryce Harper is going to do in free agency, and the possibilities of Mike Trout, of course, being someone from that area, yep. and the possibility that he could go up there yep. to New York. When you have a team that's on the rise like that, and you have a young player like that, it uh, it does attract free agents like those that uh, that will want to come to New York and play with him.
3: Who do you pick? Who do you pitch to? Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, or or Mike Trout in that lineup?
2: Yes. <laughs> Just, it's, I mean, come on! It's scary to think about as a, someone who's a fan of a team in the American League that has to deal with that that squad. And by the way, they have you know uh, that might be the only Achilles heel. You think about the Yankees is the is the pitching staff, yep. you know, because you don't really. I mean, I right off the top of my head, I can't think of a you know, pitching prospect that they have that's going to be you know that's out of this world. But you know, it's the Yankees. They can go out. They can make deals, and they, and they'll find a way. To, uh, to wheel and deal and, and end up getting some pitching prospects to go along with some of the offensive pieces that they could add in the near future.
3: Yeah, I think the bullpen is fine with Dylan Batantis and now Roldis Chapman is back. So as long as they can, they can make it to the seventh inning, we'll say, they're going to be fine. Like, I grew up in the 90s Yankees with Mariano Rivera. We used to leave in the seventh, eighth inning because you know once Mariano Rivera came in, the game was over. They were going to win. But I think that the starting pitching has been the issue for the Yankees for a long time, and I just don't think Brian Cashman's doing enough to address it.
2: We had a series uh, in two thousand between the Mets and uh, the Yankees in oh, yeah. World Series. Doesn't go is not going to be the situation this year, Danielle. Uh, the Mets on the other side of the spectrum here. Of course, we have a lot of interest being the uh, AAA affiliate here course, yeah. in Las Vegas mm-hmm. with the New York Mets. Injuries have been just a huge factor uh, all year for this team, basically for the past three, four years yep. with the squad, with uh, you know the superstars with David Wright and, and the likes of these guys. But uh, what's the what's the perspective as far as the Mets and their prospects? Uh, and what they're dealing with there in Queens yeah, with the squad.
3: We could talk at length about the Mets and, and what's going on there, but people are calling for the resignation of everybody from the owners of the Get team everybody out of there, to right? the training staff of the yeah. team, honestly. I mean, how do you uh, – you know, Keith Hernandez was on the broadcast the other night, and he was saying, like, how do you pay – how do you put million-dollar players out there and a, and a lackluster training staff? That, that can't be. Like, you can't put a thoroughbred horse to race with – you know, not a good trainer behind it. So yeah. they're not protecting their interests. I think that's probably why is Drupal Cabrera wanted out. But now he said it was about playing second base and not shortstop or whatever. I just think the Mets have been decimated by injury. It's, and it's a shame because they, they have the talent, they have the pitching staff that's going to carry them. I think on paper, starting the season, the only thing that was, that was going to hinder the Mets was going to be their, their back end of their pitching. They had the hitting, they had Cespedes back. They had the, you know, one through six starting pitchers. Yeah. Including Stephen Matz, who lit it up here uh, right. in the '51s, you know. But I don't, I don't know. I think Mets have been just a huge disappointment, and it is because of the injury. And what are you going to do? I mean, I yeah, don't know.
2: But with us on the outside looking in, we think about that team, and you, you just think about you know, you know, two years ago where you looked at that pitching staff and you thought, oh, yeah. wow, dynasty. This this team could be. You know, one of the teams you have to deal with in the National League East for years to come, and uh, it's just been kind of tough to see. You know, the circumstances that have panned out there, and uh, what Terry Collins and uh, you know the uh, the upper management there with the the Mets have had to deal with when in regards to injury and uh, and a lot of stuff that really has nothing to do with baseball. You got the you got the mascot, you know, getting canned because he's because he's finger. flipping off fans. Well, up that's, in the-
3: that's one thing. He only has four <laughs> fingers. He didn't give the middle finger because he only has four oh, of man. them. <laughs>
2: I, I wasn't I wasn't aware of that fun fact right there.
3: <laughs> yeah, Mr. Met only you know has four? four fingers, yeah. How come I didn't know that?
2: If I
4: was going to those games now at Citi Field, I would just <laughs> heckle Mr. Met all the time to see what would happen next because obviously he's a disgruntled employee. He's trying to get out the frustration just the same way Keith and Ron Darling did because yeah. they're sick of seeing the injuries. Yeah. They're, they're, there's no way to explain it. Every team gets one of those years where it's just last year it was the Dodgers. They had tons of injuries, but the Mets, the, the emotions are boiling over. I mean, Somebody's got to get some self-control and just stop complaining. You can't blame the training staff now. Yes, you can. Yeah. You think so? <laughs> we'll <laughs> get into it.
3: Yes. Yes, you can. All right, <laughs> let's get into
2: it. <laughs> Much more. A little. We'll talk some more Diamond action as we keep it going on a Friday. ESPN Radio 1100, 100.9 FM. Midday show. Stay with us.
0: It's the Midday Show on ESPN Las Vegas.
2: The
1: trainers and gets them in a room with some of the old trainers and people that took care of baseball players and how to keep them healthy and get them in a room and try to tap into some of their knowledge on how you train baseball players not weightlifters not six pack wearers baseball players they're doing a disservice to their million dollar athletes that they're paying it's a joke to watch this happen each and every night.
2: Former New York Mets, Ron Darling. I believe he's an analyst now with uh, New York Mets television yeah, and radio. Reflecting on uh, the issues that the New York Mets are dealing with, Danielle. We were hitting on it just in the past segment as far as uh, uh, both New York sports and uh, Danny McCartan join us live in studio, host of 60-Minute uh, OT. They're getting rid of everybody. It, uh, you can you can be the, the he or she that runs uh, city field. They're bouncing out uh, mascots, you know, for flipping off fans. They want to get rid of the GM, anybody that's involved in player personnel, and and the trainers also, right? I mean, the tra- the trainers bear some responsibility. Danielle, is that the deal? All
3: of it. Really? Wow. Yeah.
2: You think about injuries in in pro sports. A lot of times for me, I, it comes to just being snake bitten, or you know. An unfortunate situation with a, with a given athlete, whether it be uh, you know a, a freak accident on the field or uh, you know what goes down as far as their workout uh, regimens concerned. But you say hey, trainers
3: trainers do need to to uh, bear some responsibility when it comes to uh, the situation with the Mets. I think so. I mean, uh, like I was just saying on the break, uh, Noah Syndergaard had gained 15 pounds of muscle in right. the off season. Where is the training, the regimen that he's supposed to be following? Who's who's monitoring him in that? And I wrote a post. I just pulled it up. When he when he originally tweaked his his um, whatever injury he had, um, they suggested he go for an MRI. He told them no. They were like, okay, that's fine. And then a week later, he gets hurt, and he's at place on the 60-day DL. Where are you to say, no, you're going for the MRI. We know better than you do. I mean, come on how do you how do you allow the inmates to start running the asylum, right? Mm-hmm. You are in charge. You are the training staff. You know best. That is your field. And I am not just talking with Noah Syndergaard. I am talking with the rest of them. I mean, it, it's just I, I am so on board with Ron Darling. It's it's like I was watching that going. Good for you. Good for you to to finally address the elephant in the room. I don't think uh, most I, most of these injuries are not preventable. Uh, are preventable. They are not snake bitten injuries, in my opinion. And I just think that they're not being cared for as they should be, these million-dollar athletes, as Ron Darling put it.
2: They still have to play the games, 162 during the season. And, uh, look, the Mets, we'll we'll see. And uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on what uh, the Mets are able to do uh, with a skeleton squad with uh, all these injuries across the board. It's the Midday Show coming your way live here from the Finley Toyota Studios. 69187, hit us up on the text line. Preface your text with ESPN. Also, the phone lines 364-1100. We're going to go back. We're going to get a little nostalgia going because we're thinking, uh, you know, when when you were a kid growing up as a sports fan and, uh, and as a fan basically of, of uh, whether it be music or, or other type entities of entertainment, uh, so much was about your room and how you decorated your bedroom and what was going down, the theme of it. Right, Clay, Danielle, oh, yeah. and mean, Graham. You, just, you you wanted to have your you wanted to put your own stamp on it. You wanted to put your personality sure. into to you what finally, was going down. Yeah, when you finally get old enough, you're
4: allowed to decorate your own room with your own <laughs> sports posters yeah. or posters in of itself. And and because of like the new techno- technological age, and I've I've just been bashing technology all day long, but the uh, we don't have posters and idolize the posters as much as we used to. I mean, used to have like sacred posters that you know get a little rips. So you don't want to put too much tape on them <laughs> because we're gonna have to take them off; they're gonna rip. But we went through a a story from sbnation.com of what was your favorite sports posters when you were growing up and we put it up on uh, espn las vegas on twitter and i got pictures of one that i had which was the andre agassi um you know with the the hot pink shirt and the jacket and the long hair but they also had one from david robinson the center of attention i used to see that everywhere but call in 364-1100 or you could text in 69187 of your favorite sports posters in fact i think the one i had was the agassi and i had a uh uh, Paul, Mr. Wonderful Orndorff, picture. <laughs> he was a wrestler back in the day, Danielle. But he had like the buff bod man, right? But he was both a good guy and a bad guy, so it didn't matter like which way it would go. But you know what? Those were like iconic posters, and there were also a few rock posters that were in there over the years. But what was yours?
2: I had a few actually, because I was, you know, obviously a big sports nut. I was an athlete growing, going through high school and through college. So when when I was when I was younger, uh, we're we're talking, you know, we're, we're going to go back in the day here, Steve Iserman Centerman, New York, uh, Detroit Red Wings, big-time uh, uh, favorite of mine. I had a sweet poster of him in my room. I also had a poster of Billy Sims, who was a running back for the Detroit Lions. Uh, had, had a short career, uh, was hindered by a knee injury, but obviously a huge favorite of mine. Was actually the first number 20 that I remember wearing. Of course, Barry Sanders ended up wearing the same number. And then uh, baseball, I had a Lou Whitaker-Allen Trammell one, which is uh, you know the longest-running... Uh, Keystone combination with the Tigers obviously won a World Series back in 1984, and uh, they were huge favorites of mine. So those are the three that I remember that were that were big favorites of mine. As far as posters, what'd you have, Danielle? I had. What'd you have up there?
3: Well, I had Nsync, Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees. Let's just get that out of the way. But I also had a Derek Jeter poster. I was a shortstop. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a Paul O'Neill poster, Don Mattingly, a Dan Marino one actually. I'm a Jet fan now. That's kind of weird, but um, I still, to this day, uh, upstairs in my house, I have a, it's long, it's like four foot long, Derek Jeter poster, still, to this day. I bought it when I went to college, and I, and I put it on my door there, and I, and like you said, a little bit of tape, and then now I have it in my house now. So, I would say Derek Jeter was, was my big one.
2: So, Graham, back a few years, a sh- few short years back, when you were just a youngster, you know, uh, back across the pond, Everything was that said, a thing yeah. where you had posters, you had, did just you have, like, soccer, football black and white ones. players? Uh. Black and white Just <laughs> black and, <laughs> and you white know, I've, um, I've got a great
1: picture of Bill Shankly who's a Liverpool, ma- Liverpool manager Okay And he's in this like sort of I'm not going to mention any religious people but is this shape you know Okay,
4: okay. He, he looked like he was like on a, on a cross or Yeah something.
1: Okay right. And he was just he, he quoted somebody said to him you, you you treat football like it's a matter of life and death He says no it's much more serious than that uh. <laughs> <laughs> And it was brilliant And the other one I had was Kenny Roberts a guy mm-hmm. from California Hanging off a TZ seven hundred at Luz- Laguna Seca, OMG!
4: Oh,
2: wow. One of the best motorcycle riders oh, of all
1: time. Absolutely.
4: Still lives in Modesto, California, and he's
1: cute.
2: <laughs> all right, so Clay Baker, we're, we're 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 hanging on it. We're hanging on a thread here. We want to know who'd you have.
4: I had the Mister Wonderful Paul Orndorff. I had um, the Billy Sims Detroit Lions. Yeah. And I also had a uh, Samantha Fox on the other side of the uh, oh, on, on the closet. The Samantha Fox was big in the eighties. Graham knows. <laughs> <laughs> Graham remembers Samantha
2: Fox. She's she big was big all over. Samantha <laughs> Fox was big in a lot of ways. She had big hair, you know, big big other spots also. But in and the it age, was good. Stuff. there
4: was an age when uh, there was no. Uh, Enhancement or augmentation, and she was just like a little miracle when you were growing up. Uh, she was in a, the natural, 70s and 80s. a natural spring. Yes, a natural spring, a little miracle, if you will, from across the pond. F O X X, if you want to go check it out. But 364 1100, we're taking your phone calls here on your favorite sports posters before we're joined by yeah. Jameson Welsh and talk a NBA. Chris joins us on the phone lines. Chris, what's going on?
6: What's happening, Granny? Love to be on the midday mess, and I got to sneak this in because I told Clay only two. There's actually three posters I had. Uh One, Uh Julius Irving. He was dressed in scrubs. He was standing over a table that had like a basketball court on it. And there were players running up and down the court that said the doctor is in. Bobby Jones dressed in a suit, and he was sitting on a desk. Air Force One's on because they made that shoe for him. A lot of people don't know that. (laughs) Secretary of Defense. And then there was one with Moses Malone. He had a staff that was shaped like a Nike swoosh. And it said the promised land, like he was dressed up like Moses and everything. But oh my God. Oh, talking about Samantha Fox, you know, <laughs> she funny. was a miracle. And her song, her hit song was, of course, Talk Dirty to Me. So I used to always pretend she was singing that only to me. So.
2: Actually, wasn't her hit, one of her hit songs was I Want to Have Some Fun. Wasn't that one of the songs too? That was one more. but her main
4: one was yeah. talk dirty to me. Which she Absolutely. To you. Yeah, oh she sang Yeah, she sang personally to you
2: every night, Chris.
4: Personally to me, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I'm
2: still having I'm still hearing I'm still hearing the ringing in my ears from uh, from our own Dino here in Las Vegas. Remember that song? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah, Dino had a couple songs. Dino's Summer girls. Yeah. yeah. And I like it. Hey, uh, that, that 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 was the era. Good memory on I Dr. J.
3: That. that poster was Good like call.
4: everywhere, man. That was uh, that was a classic one. I love the classic. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for the call, Chris. Yeah.
2: Kevin joins us also on the phone lines. Kevin, what would you have sporting up on your walls in your room?
6: Alrighty. So I had, I had three classic ones. First one was a six foot Dr. J doing the, uh, <laughs> the, the windmill slam dunk over somebody back in the day. So that filled up my whole door. Sweet. Then I had a, I had a Larry Bird where they built a bird's nest on top of the rim, (laughs) and they had Larry sitting inside the nest, probably the ugliest poster you could have, but it was Larry, and the last one was uh, George the Iceman Gervin, where he he sat on a ice um, chair with ice basketballs. (laughs) Now, George is a little old school for probably most of your listeners, but for those that know, he was one of the greatest scorers (laughs) of all time. (laughs)
2: That was a big thing back in the early '90s. Is those theme? Remember those theme posters, Kevin? You know, like you mentioned, Iceman sitting on it. They had a bunch of players from different sports. So you know, whether it's Bo Jackson or some others, where they would have yeah. some type of theme that uh, yeah, they weren't Mark actually, King. Doing, yeah. Where they didn't have an action. It wasn't necessarily an action poster, but yeah. they were like you know, sitting on some prop or doing or doing something that described their their personality.
6: Yeah, those were those are classics. I think they were in my parents' garage somewhere.
4: Oh, that's good. Yeah, keep them—you got to keep them fresh and dry because uh, yeah, you know yeah, you, yeah. you want to hand those down to the younger generation. So, you know, Larry Bird and the and the short shorts, uh, seeing yeah. the bird's nest could be kind of graphic.
2: But yeah, that's very good. Thank you, Kevin, for the comment. Yeah. You stuff.
6: got it. Have a great weekend, guys. Right, thank
4: Speaking
2: you. of action posters, Daniel's pulled up on our on our laptop. There's a there's a you know it's it's a Rod right and uh, Derek and Derek Jeter. You might might call this an action poster shot <laughs> yeah.
3: possibility, right? I'll tweet it out.
4: That's all oh, Danielle <laughs> that, Dude that looks Everyone's got their shirt off
3: Yeah 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 It's posed And they're all wearing gold chains
4: The New York All way. the shortstops I
3: think it's all the shortstops
4: I, I, I'd like to see a picture of Joe Torrey With a shirt off oh, would, man. No, Let's do that That's
2: something I'm not going to get out of my mind For the rest of the day She's the host of 60 Minute OT Podcast That you can find out at ProSportsRundown.com Follow her on Twitter At uh, Coach McCartan Danielle thanks very much for coming in studio, this has been great. Have some fun this weekend while you're here in Las Vegas. I'm sure there'll be a few things that uh, you'll be getting into, right?
3: Oh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Mom's listening, so hi, mom.
2: <laughs> the midday show it continues to roll on on a Friday. I'm Chris went in for Ed Graney. On the way next, Jason Welsh. BelieveTheHype.com. Everything NBA after Clay's update.